0: My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers.
1: My curiosity is aroused. No more than it These fools worship Transformers. Decepticons, transform and rise up.
2: Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. The rest is silent. Hey guys, welcome back. To another matrix-rific episode of Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm gonna be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined tonight by one of my fellow Transformer enthusiasts. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight?
0: What's up, Derek? It's Mike, and uh, we better do this podcast quick because we're being hunted by Kremzeek, devourer of
2: souls.
1: Kremzeek! I I,
2: I like how Kremzeek is like this annoying little shit in the cartoons and most people, like, get annoyed by him, but in this, he's this grandiose afterlife (laughs) deity. It's like waking up to find out, like, you know... Oh, you know, you 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 go to the afterlife and then like E.T. is there, like shooting the shit with like you know <laughs> Jar Jar Binks or whatever. You know, you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, so. But yeah, so what what we are here to do is wrap up our epic trilogy, and you know, as promised. The second part of it was like The Empire Strikes Back. And this part has tons and tons of Ewok shit in it. So it's going to be like Return of the Jedi. But what we are discussing tonight is gi joe versus transformers this is going to be part three so if you haven't listened to our first two episodes on it just for quick reference i I suppose this is the point where i'm supposed to say stop listening now and go listen to episodes 13 and episode 22 of transformers tuesdays and you'll be totally caught up and in the know on the first two trades or the first You know, nine issues of G.I. Joe versus Transformers or Transformers versus G.I. Joe from IDW. And of course, just a quick and dirty rundown for anybody who isn't going to do that and just wants to know what the hell we're talking about this is a i I guess by this point it's kind of like a maxi series you know because it's it's gone from issue 0 to issue 13 and we are wrapping up discussing issues 10 through 13 of transformers versus gi joe and this is of course written by tom scioli and john barber with the artwork from tom scioli and uh, you know at a high level kind of you know, rundown. This is again just pretty much Transformers versus G.I. Joe, this kind of crazy high paced, you know kind of canvas for Tom Scioli to to put down every kind of jack kirby-esque idea that comes into his brain and kind of just pen it all on paper and and kind of takes the influence from you know all the different incarnations of gi joe and transformers as a property over the years and as toy lines and stuff but i mean this is pretty much like the 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 wrapping up like the final battle between you know i guess what they refer to as the johto bot team and the you know you know the the Cobraula, or you know the the you know Decepticobra Alliance, or whatever. You know, so so these guys are finally facing off against one another in a in a kind of last run showdown. I, I feel like we kind of talked about some aspects of issue ten already, but I mean it opens with Roadblock, who is basically being forced into servitude for the, the, the what appears to be a victorious you know, Deceptic Cobra party where they've got all the Cobra people and they're surrounded by, like, you know, the the fruits of victory where they're, they're all eating and, and making a toast over this long, you know, giant kind of table and everything. And I guess the Dreadnoughts are sort of complaining that they've been relegated to the kids' table because they have no manners, which pretty much ties into their Larry Hama file cards, how they're all basically you know, disgusting individuals who, like, you know, it reminds me of, like, Zanzibar's file card, which is kind of funny because he's the one chastising, like, Torch or whatever, but, like, on Zanzibar's file card, it's basically, like, you know, this is the type of guy who, like, you know, eats one bite of, like, a six-pack of chocolate-covered donuts and sticks it back in the box and, like, <laughs> pees all over the grape soda so the other dreadnoughts hate him, you know, and stuff like that. And, and of course, I think, I think we did mention how... You know, Roadblock does get away with Tunnel Rat and everything, but I guess in order to do that, it's kind of funny. Like, you'd think, like, it was kind of obvious, but Roadblock actually poisons the food that he's feeding to Cobra, you know, and everything. So you've got these guys, like, blowing up, like, you know, chunks of blood and lung or whatever they're they're you know, vomiting out and stuff. Yeah, like, they, holy shit, like, yeah. like
0: torch, torch shoots, like, a torrent of, like, you know, blood or puke or whatever
2: out. I mean, it reminds me of like, you know, watching like prison dramas, like Oz, where they're like slowly feeding the one guy glass in his food, and eventually it, you know, inevitably like takes him out of the picture, and 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 you know leads to him getting hospitalized and nearly killed and stuff like that. So it's like the same kind of basic idea, you know. And like, you know, w- what cracks me up though is I I, I was thinking to myself like Megatron kind of comes in and is like, what's all these, you know, what are all these festivities about and shit, and he ends up like. So basically going, well, we weren't invited, like, but here we go. Here's, like, a, a feast for kings or whatever. And there's this basically, like, this large silver dinner plate with a cover over it and everything and, and he takes it off to reveal a gi joe underneath that's bound up and this is skid mark who drives the vehicle the desert fox and i'm like just thinking to myself oh in a long-standing tradition the vehicle driver gets a big bite taken out of him by megatron and killed <laughs> so i'm like it's always the poor vehicle drivers that are like the first to get blown away it, at was, all these... he, it was he was he part of battle force 2000 or... i don't you know i don't think so the de- well i don't know I, I don't think he is i i'm honestly i'm not really familiar with the character i don't really know what the desert fox is i feel like it's way after my gi joe time or whatever <laughs> but like all i knew was like oh dude drives a vehicle like so it kind of reminded me of how like all these poor vehicle guys got you know shot by the saw viper and <laughs> well... stuff
0: Oh, well uh, 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 it it appeals to my 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 favorite trope of someone who has a stupid name dying so like yeah like skid your name's skidmark like yeah you should just die like okay.
2: yeah yeah and, and you know but but and then i i think what i kind of got a kick out of in that 10th issue too is how they sort of played on your expectations with you know you, you know the typical gi joe trope you know they have those PSA ads and everything at the end where they're like, you know, and knowing is half the battle, you know, G.I. Joe. And instead, like, you know, they, Roadblock and Tunnel Rat have this kind of exchange where it's like, you know, oh, we're never going to be able to beat these guys. And it's like, no, you got to, you know, you got to buck up and, you know, we're going to go to this, you know, secret hideaway. And, you know, with Autobots and the Joes together, like, we can we can make a difference. And I think, I think it's Tunnel Rat who mutters to himself, you know, denial is half the battle, you know, so I kind of got a kick out of that. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that,
0: too. I liked it, like, and, of course, you know, the way they get out is, like, Perceptor smuggles them out, like, in body bags and whatever, and, like, I, I, like it was kind of revealed, like, last time we talked that Perceptor was maybe working for the Decepticons, but here it's, like, it turns out he's a double agent, and, uh, surprisingly, like, that kind of works, I think, like, just because... I don't know. Perceptor's such like a like stiff, like emotionless guy. Like it seems like he would almost like be ideal to be like a double agent or a spy or something.
2: Just just so I can confirm, I did quickly look it up. Yeah, the Desert Fox is way after my time, but it is certainly not a Battle Force 2000 toy. It's more like one of these it's probably like in the same era where like uh you know, I I probably have figures from this era, but not the actual vehicles or anything, but it kind of reminds me of like the Deke era of vehicles, you know, with like Captain Gridiron and those guys. But yeah, I definitely am not familiar with Skidmark and and the Desert Fox whatsoever.
0: And then yeah, and then they they take back uh, Wild Bill's body, I guess, too, like along with them. So like I guess you know at this point we think we 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 still think Wild Bill is pretty much Kaputsky.
2: Now at this point is this where like basically, Zartan, like, hops into the dragonfly and starts, like, mowing down people's heads.
0: Uh, yeah, like, I think that happens, like, like, they, like, Perceptor, like, yeah, takes them all back to the Joe camp or whatever, and they're like, wait a minute, if this is Wild Bill's body, like, who's in the hangar, yeah. like, right now? And then, yeah, the Zartan, like, goes on a helicopter spree, I guess, and, and- like, yeah, kills a bunch of uh i don't know like uh, what do you know were you familiar with those characters getting killed or? i probably
2: am like i don't i don't have the the image in front of me but like I, again like some of them seemed like they were just drivers and and different things like that i suppose i could try to um, pull it up let real me see uh, re, re, recoil cross country yeah cross uh, country red, drove the havoc so again he's another poor vehicle yeah driver.
0: red red spot uh, wreckage and gr- oh no grunt grunt survived it looked like yeah. grunt is running away yeah, and but, torpedo yeah. and wetsuit are getting away yeah, yeah it, so. seemed,
2: it seemed like grunt grunt's like obviously one of the first joes and stuff i was trying to remember if he survived the first issue and it's weird that he's here now but yeah he's definitely one of the early you know 12 original joes but then you know the cross country is another poor vehicle guy <laughs> whatever he drove the habit so. <laughs> yeah yeah, but some some of the other guys I'm not probably as familiar with, so they're they're probably more you know cannon fodder in that sense and everything. Yeah, and
0: that's the end of Zartan too. Yeah, because
2: some... Stalker takes him out, doesn't he? Because he yeah, snipes he snipes
0: him, him yeah. in the head. Yep. And then uh, later on in the issue, we get like Snake Eyes. I guess like fighting. I don't. There's a couple like large panels of Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow fighting. Uh, A top like that koburu ru 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 ru, 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 ru la whatever <laughs> monster or or I don't know like one of those like Cybertronian like uh, towers or something with this and one of the snake monsters is also like crawling on it and grabbing onto like Snake Eyes's leg, but uh, I guess also and uh, Storm Shadow saves um what's his face uh, uh Billy like Cobra Commander's son who. Uh, kind of got like dismembered a couple issues ago but now he's like you know i like I, I don't know much about the character but he's storm shadows like apprentice i
2: guess yeah that's that's how he refers to him in this i mean for the most part yeah because they're i mean billy kind of goes on to be like a member of the arashikage clan and stuff like that so he ends up having like the tattoo and all that stuff and he, he does literally like lose an arm and a leg in the car accident and everything that they like cuz i think i think the way it goes down if i'm remembering correctly is that car accident that cobra commander gets in with like snake eyes's family like that's where that all happens and stuff so like later on billy has you know a prosthesis you know so he's got a, a you know a, a kind of like in this but not quite as crazy and extreme you know it's it's more subdued but he it does have you know a a, a leg and an arm that are you know not his own you know to replace the ones that he lost and stuff but in this it's like it's it's really taken to the utmost extreme like he's got a couple transformers on his arms and legs and then he's got kind of like some reptilian aspects to him as well so he's he's sort of genetically modified and mechanically modified and all kinds of stuff and yeah that
0: that comes into play like later on but yeah that, that that's pretty cool like um I also like uh like towards the end of the issue I guess it, it cuts to like Rodamus's gang who are exploring like the like I guess they're like near Primus's chamber and um, the keeper from like the Marvel Transformers comics is kind of leading them through like si- Primus's chamber, and but the keeper is like this weird like robed dude that like I remember very vividly like Jeff Senior designed because he was like this I think it was like a splash page like in in either Transformers sixty or sixty one. But it's like one of these great like splash pages where you turn the cover and this like, the keeper guy is like pointing at you and saying like blasphemer or something like that you know, and a very vivid like memory of that original like design so like I thought I appreciated that but um yeah they're, they're very weird like imagery like they're, they're like it's like Rodimus and Gang and like Braun and I think it's like Mirage and Cover Girl and like oh, whoever were with with that team they're all kind of descending the steps like into like Cybertron's like subterranean like uh like depths. And there's all these like really weird images. I don't know, like, you know, Tom Skioli, like Jack Kirby images of like weird, like gods and creatures and uh, the keepers kind of explaining about them. And it's like, it's one of those pages where you can just keep looking at it and see, like noticing different things every time. And, uh, like, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm kind of like, oh, what the hell is that? Like, And then there's, there's these weird, like, five-faced,
2: almost Quintesson-looking things in, in there. and I'm, I'm trying to follow along with you, and, and, like, I, you know what the bottom part of it reminds me of? With, like, all the, the little planetoids. It kind of reminds me of when, like, Jen from The Dark Crystal goes and visits, basically, Augra, which is, like, Frank Oz, and she's got, like, this sort of planetarium for a home and there are all those different planetoids that are kind of like a almost like a i don't know like a disney you know not ride but like sort of a a disney kind of you know showroom where it's this big presentation and everything and that's kind of what it looks like towards the bottom for me but yeah Yeah. there 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 is kind of a lot of strange looking imagery in the whole thing and, and even like this weird sort of I don't know, like like the the image of like sort of the the River Sticks like Death Dealer type character, except for it's it's really like Ultra Magnus who's swimming the river in the bottom of Cybertron. Yeah,
0: like yeah. ushering Optimus Prime into like you know yeah Sticks or you know wherever you know that's, that's pretty cool. And then like his 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 like ore is basically a giant hammer. Which is kind of, I guess, a reference to, like, you know, animated Ultra Magnus having a giant hammer or something, so that's pretty nice. I wonder where, like, a like I without spoiling, I guess, where, where that goes, basically, but I wonder where Tom Scioli got the idea for Ultra Magnus to be, like, the Avatar of Death or whatever. Yeah, I... it's kind of, like, yeah, that's kind of a weird, like, leap to make, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually really kind of not sure where he got that from. I, I, I feel like mentioning that it kind of goes without saying that I, you know, I have a rep to maintain and I did not read the two page text story or whatever it is about Soundwave and Shockwave and Snake Eyes like doing cool <laughs> Snake Eyes things to them or whatever.
0: Oh, uh, well it, it's it's pretty interesting. It's about, you know, yeah. Shockwave and Soundwave, and Shockwave trying to resurrect Soundwave. And, you know, Re- Soundwave kind of lost his head early on. And, and like, the, he kind of revives him as the, like, classic Soundwave, who has, like, the monotone voice. And you, at the end, Shockwave's like, well, I guess I'm going to be the expressive one from now on, or whatever, so. But I I do enjoy like they he, the text talks a lot about Snake Eyes and Ravage being like perfectly like suited for each other basically since they're both like you know the black like spy guys basically. Yeah
2: yeah
0: totally. I think that's the end of any anything else about that uh, issue ten you want to say before no, we no no I think on? I think I'm good with
2: issue ten. Yeah. Issue eleven has so, that cool. I, I
0: think you're I was gonna say I think you, you're
2: you're a big fan of issue eleven. Yeah, yeah, I like I like issue eleven a lot. I mean it's got that cool like Rodimus and Duke cover. And like I, I was thinking about it and I'm like if you sorta if you look at it technically, like if you look at like Optimus Prime as the first leader and like Hawk as the first leader, you know, in the sense of G. I. Joe and Transformers, then like it kinda makes a sort of sense where you've got like Duke as the next big Joe leader and and rodimus is the next big Joe leader but of course as, as i've said repeatedly i think on on various fan holes shows i mean i i always kind of found that falcon and and hot rod you know rodimus prime were were much more comparable than, yeah. than duke and 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 rodimus but i mean it, it doesn't really disappoint because i think i think that that's something that Scioli keyed in on, like, right away, you know, like, he, he keyed in on the fact that they were half-brothers, and that there there was some kind of cool story that he could sort of tell there, you know, and, and like, this is probably, I mean, I know you, you kind of mentioned before how of maybe the last arc, that issue with Scarlet was, like, one of your favorite issues, and I'd say issue 11 here is definitely one of my favorites, because it's it's funny how he ends up, I mean, he he initially had this kind of you know, rule that he set for himself where he wasn't going to do any flashbacks. But when it comes time to this, you know, you you see like Rodimus and Springer and Mirage and Brawn and Covergirl and, you know, this whole crew that's kind of getting out of the innards of Cybertron. And, you know, in an effort to do that, it's like Mirage gets trapped under all this rubble. And at this point, you know, it's quite different from, you know, sort of how they treated Wheeljack as kind of, something to be dissected or something that might have been an enemy combatant you know without any kind of you know regard for his existence but in this case you know duke's like i don't leave anybody behind you know and and so you know and 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 then because of that it's like duke ends up being on the reverse end of that where they're sort of you know trailing off into the sky and springer's got mirage and Duke is basically trying to use his harpoon gun and it jams up. And then you have this like sort of epic moment where, you know, it's funny because in the commentary they basically describe it as, you know, Oh, it, you know, he had to reproduce the whole, you know, fuck you, Dylan. Dylan you know bro fist shake from predator <laughs> yeah. and that's basically like what happens like falcon does this whole like super awesome like bungee jump of death from springer and he reaches out and like grabs you know his his brother's arm and everything and and they have that whole you know fuck you till end moment and and <laughs> and then and then it immediately like goes into like all these flashbacks you know and, and you know duke basically has this like general patent moment where he's like you know, talking to all the new recruits about going to Cybertron, and you know, he's like, you know, do you know you will not laugh at being issued this harpoon gun? You know, yeah, it's like the the wire the poon. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> I do not want to hear any chuckles from you, fucking assholes. You know, this will save your goddamn life. You know, and all this right. stuff. So it's like it's it's a good scene and everything. And and of course, as part of the new recruits, of course you've got. You know Falcon there, and 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 then there's some like funny moments where like they they kind of do the whole like he he's got this kind of long like kiss rocker hair or whatever, and they end up shaving it, but then the joke's on him because when he comes out, it's like you got like Big Law and Outback and all these like Joes from like maybe the fifth series that have all these kind of wacky ass hairdos, and he's kind of like ha ha little bro like. You know, we don't really have a, a dress code or anything. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. they chopped it for
0: no reason.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and like this is, you know, this is probably the the best thing. And and there's these things where, you know, they're they're kind of going through some of the same training scenarios that are maybe standard in all kinds of military movies. But it's also kind of reminiscent of G.I. Joe the movie because you've got the characters that you have on the the panel where where it's like big law and also you know tunnel rat and 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 you know falcon and all these guys and everything and and you know even the the sequence where like he's making out with the girl where they're on guard duty i mean it's not jinx but you know it's it's kind of the same idea it's like he's he's being the the don johnson ladies man and and you know duke's kind of you know making him look bad and then, and then they have this kind of like battlestar galactica well i guess battlestar galactica reimagining like, boxing match or whatever, where they, they just have to hash out all their their sort of bullshit with one another, you know, all their pent-up, you know, kind of frustrations and, and and issues with one another, and it's like, they all kind of go through that, and you, you know, I, I think even Barber and Scioli kind of talk about this in the commentary, but it, it's it's kind of hard to see, you know, like, to some people, it's like, Duke's doing this because he loves his little brother. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like that whole tough love type thing. And they're, they're literally like beating the shit out of each other, but he's doing it. Cause you know, he made a promise to his mom to take care of him. you know? So, you know, there there's, there's that aspect to it where, you know, basically, you know, falcon got by because duke was watching his ass but you know and and then then it's (laughs) also kind of interesting because they make the the comment and i think you you really see it in this one splash page where even after duke kind of beats falcon's ass he's still like doing the whole refusing to give up and he's like you know it's that one big splash page where he's like i ain't quitting not for you not for nobody and it's like <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. basically like very much like they, they, i mean you can see it in the in the splash page but they even mention it in the commentary so you know you're not going crazy where it's like oh this is very much trying to emulate like sylvester stallone you know and and, and even yeah. Arnold schwarzenegger to a degree you know that there are these these you know gigantic personalities you know I, there. are like on the when page. uh
0: I like when duke calls him little mac like that made me crack crack up
2: like from punch (laughs) out yeah but yeah that's definitely my i mean it it is my favorite you know kind of story of the bunch because i think i think just like you know seeing like rodimus prime i mean i'd be hard pressed to tell you that you know falcon is not my my favorite character in all of gi joe you know so it's like it's cool to see the the relationship there and 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 basically, you know, it, it it just basically tells you in a heartbeat of this this daring rescue, like all the backstory there is between these two brothers, you know. So that's that's yeah. pretty cool. And then I think uh, I'm gonna say I was right, motherfuckers, because at the end of it, Cybertron pretty much turns into like a, a kind of sun sucking Primus, I guess. Yeah. Like, I really
0: like that idea. Like, I've always, I kind of, I think I mentioned it last time we talked about this, but I always kind of thought it would be cool, like, a nice twist, like, one time if, like, Primus was, like, the bad guy, like, instead of Unicron, basically. And I guess maybe it's because, like, Megatron sort of corrupted the planet or something, but... You know, in Regeneration 1 almost kind of went in that direction, but they kind of, like, they shied away from it at the end. But, like, yeah, I think that's really cool, like, that Primus is, like, gonna, it's like, Primus is gonna eat the sun! Like, uh uh-oh, like, that's not good, like, uh uh-oh.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not looking good for our solar system, because it looks like the Earth was screwed, and now the sun's going to be screwed as well. So, and I I remember having the thought where I'm like, man, if they like snuff out the sun, I I know you're not supposed to think about things like super scientifically in a, in a Jack Kirby inspired Tom Skioli thing. It's just supposed to be like the imagination of a kid. But I I always remember, you know, even, even when my mom told me when I was little, you know, someday the sun's going to like snuff out and, not be around anymore like it, it freaked me out because i was like wait a minute. <laughs> yeah i mean there's the possibility that the sun won't be there
1: anymore you know so it's like
2: just that notion i think is very sort of harrowing and everything so it's yeah it's, it's the, a pretty decent cliffhanger to leave leave the story on
0: yeah it's kind of like the end of the universe basically yeah so the only other thing i'll say about this issue is at least the headman didn't show up and like offer falcon some drugs or something <laughs> take it i know you're hurting if you join my team
2: you can take all you want anytime what do you say what do i say
0: I just say no, you
2: disgusting piece of slime. It's funny they, they obviously knew about all that because they do mention it in the commentary. So wh- whether that was something they knew as kids, like like I did, or whatever, or if it was just something that they uncovered with with uh, a vast amount of research into the different properties, I, I think it's awesome that they they knew all of that stuff you know they they i think skilly does describe falcon as a very interesting and complex character so you know i'm like great minds think alike Skioli. nice yeah
0: okay so you want to move on to chapter
2: 12 or issue 12 yeah Yeah. yeah. so some some more freaky deaky stuff going yeah exactly this issue
0: I, I love, like, the opening scene of this issue where it's, like, the Protectobots, but it's not really the Protectobots. They call them the Rescue Bots, and it's basically a bunch of characters who turn into kind of rescue vehicles, but it's, you know, it's it's Ratchet, Inferno, Prowl, Red Alert, uh, Jetfire, uh, Blades, but it's not Protectobot Blades. It's, like, Rescue Bots Blades, and then RC. And they all combine into like a Defensor, and like it's kind of like a Voltron esque like combination where it's like you know, and like at the bottom of the picture of Defensor, it's like Defensor, Defender of Mankind, and stuff. And
2: then um, yeah, it does uh, have Pe- very much like a, a whole super robot feel to it. Yeah,
0: and then like Peacemaker, like the Target Master becomes his gun, and he's like, and I'll form the gun, like you know, <laughs> that's pretty cool, but. I also like how, like, RC forms a pair of, like, pink panties for him, or something.
2: <laughs> and I'll form the, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: but it's awesome, but, yeah, like, I really, like, I thought that was, like, a that, that is exactly the kind of thing, like, this series is made for, basically. Yeah, yeah so. totally,
2: totally. Did you, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I think the the following stuff where Doc is giving Wild Bill an autopsy was kind of it was like one of those things where you, you know Doc must be the guy who gives all these dead guys their autopsy, but he's also like their buddy too. So it's kind of, uh, it, it it sort of reminded me a little bit of watching like things like China Beach where you'd see the, the bodies that go into the morgue and the guys that have to sort of deal with that kind of aspect to it. And then, of course, it gets really weird and curvy-ish when there's like, that weird like foreign object in his chest and everything too
0: yeah that was kind of yeah that was very yeah sad and like it's kind of weird because like i know like i've never read it but i know like doc died like in the comics and stuff like in the marvel comics or whatever so it's kind of like i guess the tables are kind of turned here basically yeah 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 he gets
2: Yeah, I I always felt bad for Doc. That's why everybody like freaks out because that was always a big deal. At least for me, reading that issue where he gets because he's climbing up the hill and then he climbs up right into the barrel of a gun and then he just the next scene his body's like, you know, it just falls to the the bottom of this pit that Cobra Commander stuck all these Joes in and everything. And then everybody's like freaking out, or they're like, "You popped caps on the dock," and everybody's yeah, like, that's yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Say, you uh,
0: you've said that you know. several times, and I was like, "Oh, that's what that refers yeah, to." Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Hey, so
2: like, it, oh. I don't know. To me, it was always like I, that. That was always a huge moment where you're just like, "Oh man, yeah. you you shot the medic in the face." You know, like you
0: you are. Was that was that like the infamous like saw viper yeah, yeah, issue yeah. or yeah yeah, so. Well, well, at least stupid Quick Kick died there, too, didn't he?
2: (laughs) I think, I'm trying to remember, I I think Duke and, uh, it's like Duke, Cross Country, and Quick Kick lasted the longest, and then I'm trying to remember who survived out of all of it, but I, I don't, I know Duke did, but I can't remember who else got fragged by the end of it, but... I think there were like a few survivors.
0: Like one of one of these days. Like I'm not a huge GI Joe fan, but like one of, like on my on my list, you know, of things to read. Like I was like, oh, man, I should read like the Marvel comic like one day. Like I've read assorted issues of it, but like never the whole thing, like the whole way through.
2: Yeah, there's there's plenty of good stuff in there. I mean, especially in this series. Like when I I mean maybe we should continue talking about the the miniseries, but there you know uh, it'll come up in these especially in these last couple issues you know 12 and 13 there's a lot more at least i felt like this i mean you can correct me if if you didn't share the same feelings but i felt like there was a lot more of the what they call like rap sampling or whatever in this yeah like there were like he takes the panels yeah yeah, there there was like a lot more of that kind of stuff and and some stuff it worked really well and and i think especially i mean we'll talk about it specifically because it happens a lot in issue 13 but but you know in 12 it's not as as much but you know there there was that notion where i was like i it's funny like i i get what he's saying it's like you know uh, you know don't don't draw anything that you can swipe and don't swipe anything you can just copy and paste and you know like (laughs) it's it's that whole like kind of ridiculous art philosophy that people have like when i i think i was trying to explain to you guys one night about you know, the director philosophy, basically just, you know, your priority is getting whatever the project is off the ground. And and the whole underhanded notion of it doesn't matter if you have to lie, cheat, steal, you know, anything to get that accomplished, you do what you have to do to get it done. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like the same, you know, notion, you know, that that whole notion of, okay, well, if you can, you know, get away with, you know swiping something or straight up sticking a panel or a page in there then you go ahead and do it you know and and like that I it's funny like i i feel like kind of of two minds on it you know when you finally see it but you know there's there's th- there's not too much of that in this though i mean there's there's some interesting parts where like much like that kind of frenetic feeling like so much stuff happens just on a few pages where you're like so the original Cobra Commander is now revived and back to life, and you see in the background, like Fred Seven, like the 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 interim replacement Cobra Commander is impaled on a stick in the back, and it's almost like when did you know it, it, it's it like, happened? Like there was a whole thing like in between panels. Yeah, or... you know, and it's like it's like it's kind of crazy because you you think like if you don't know too much about it. Like, it, it's just relegated to, you know, and it's, like, something that he understood completely, you know what I mean? Like, you could tell from the commentary, he got it, he got why Look, it was, that was cool. Here's, here's
0: another, like, thing I can ask you about, like, the original G.I. Joe comic, because he says, like, you know, man, Fred, like, lasted a
2: long time. Like, how long did Fred, Fred was Fred, Fred Cobra Well, Fred was in some of the, like, because basically around issue... I want to say 55 like Destro and Cobra Commander like go on the run after a big battle with the pit and then towards the end of that arc you know Destro and Cobra Commander go their separate ways so around like I want to say like issue 58 or 59 uh Cobra Commander who looks like this like Sacre Blue French guy because of his disguise he's got like this goofy like beret on and this mustache and these john lennon glasses and everything and that's why they were saying like everybody was disappointed with like all the you know uncovering mask reveals or whatever but like so so he ends up finally seeing like you know oh billy's alive and he's okay and and this and that and and when he's final because it seems like at first it's like fred and raptor you know the lamest Cobra guy ever, or like hold up in this garage, and they're like, well, one day when Cobra Commander comes back, and you know, because basically Sir Pentor demoted us to this garage, you know, and he doesn't think much of us because Raptor's a fucking nutcase, and I'm just this. low rent mechanic guy who like you know sticks a toothpick in his mouth all the time and thinks he's cool but he's not really that hot shit you know he's like the seventh fred not like the first fred or whatever and so like the you know i i could go on and on about all the stuff but but basically like what ends up happening is he the real cobra commander sees billy has this like 180 degree turn face like change of heart like you know what I'm not going to try to rule the world anymore. I'm going to try to get back in good graces with my son. Like, I'm going to make this new effort. I'm going to turn a new leaf. Like, and Fred just is like, what? Like, you're not going to be Cobra Commander? Like, you're not going to hook us up and, you know, overthrow Serpentor and all this other shit? It's like, I fucking had plastic surgery on my face for you. Like I did all this fucking shit for you and you're, and basically like, it's like a rage killing and he just like guns down Cobra commander in the back. And by that point he's already, you know, designed like the stupid fucking Cobra Pogo and the, the armor and everything for him. Cause for a while, the real Cobra commander wore that suit of armor for a couple issues, you know? And then, and then it's this pretty cool scene where he's like holding the helmet almost like, Juggling it in his hand, and he's kind of like the great thing about this armor, anybody can be inside. So, like from about the '50s all the way to about I want to say like issue 100 was where Cobra Commander came back, like the real Cobra Commander, and he he basically it's like Fred and Mindbender and everybody who sort of sided with that Fred version of Cobra Commander that wasn't, like, all too important, like Raptor and those guys. Like, there was a shitload of them in this, like, abandoned freighter ship or whatever. And I think by the end of it, like, Cobra Commander just says, fuck all you assholes, and he, like, buries them all alive and that freighter or whatever but i mean literally like i mean like i just said like 40 something issues yeah like, that's that a, that's a huge so, chunk so, of comic so, book yeah time. i mean yeah. he was around for years you know li- like like literally so yeah yeah that's
0: interesting like 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 i said stuff like that makes me want to like read all this stuff basically like that i'm not familiar with but yeah but anyway uh, like moving on
2: um well, this is you your your favorite up? part, right? You got uh, yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Prime and Grimlock meeting Crimzek in the fucking afterlife. This is yeah. this is the awaited moment, Ewok shit moment in in our Return of the Jedi trilogy of, of, <laughs> of podcasts, you know.
0: It's you know what it's almost like? It's almost like dark orco, but like <laughs> it's yeah, it's like not not exactly, but like it since like by the very nature of this like, you know, comic, it's like it doesn't come across as like completely like ridiculous and stupid but it is kind of com- completely yeah, ridiculous it, and it, it's stupid pretty, it's, pretty ridiculous. it's like in in the afterlife basically prime meets grimlock and like they're basically both being chased in the afterlife by a giant Zeke and like grimlock's like it's Zeke, like devourer of souls yeah but you know it's cool they they have to like kind of team up and like grimlock says like you know go on without i mean meet grimlock big loser prime like and prime's like nonsense my friend you know we're gonna go together so like that's that's kind
2: of like because grimlock I, i guess they were trying to establish the fact that grimlock still sort of adheres to rage and everything that's why he's got like the the sword you know instead of the key but then, like, Prime swaps his key for Grimlock's sword and kind of lets him pass. And, like, Bludgeon is, like, the the gatekeeper to that portal. or Yeah. Whatever, which, you know, I was like, oh, part of me was like, he seemed to be really excited to use Bludgeon as that gatekeeper. And part of me kind of felt like maybe I, I have too much of an association, like, with Bludgeon. Because part of me thought, like, oh, well, that's, like I get that Bludgeon has a cool visual, for you know, and and for him to be sort of like this gatekeeper to the Matrix Afterworld or whatever is 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 something that Scioli thought was really neat. But I I did kind of feel like maybe Bludgeon was wasted a little bit, you know. Yeah. Other cool things they could have done with him. Can I just talk about the whole like Serpentress? Cobra Commander reunion and <laughs> yeah. how they unmask and make out with each other. Man, that is like you know what that's like for me. Remember when I talked about how like like Sharon Ventura and 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 Ben Grimm and like the super spiky thing and then the lumpy thing mode like started like making out with each other and I was just like I don't want to <laughs> see that. Like like let me close my eyes or whatever. Like this is the same thing because Cobra <laughs> Commander's unmasking is like. It's like he's sort of influenced by the unmasking in G.I. Joe, the movie where he's, you know, I was once a man. Yes. Oh, yes. And he's this weird, ugly, like almost V like lizard and, and bareness. It's like they, they, you know, she doesn't quite look that bad, but it's the idea that, you know, she was wearing her glasses when an explosion went off in her face. So you can see like the, the indents on the bottom of her eyes, and then, you know, they tried to replicate that weird color pattern from the original G.I. Joe comics that was just an accident, but use it as, like, you know, damage. On yeah, scarring. scarring. or something, but, yeah, it, it's definitely one of those sequences where I'm just, like, one, I guess, if you're a longtime G.I. Joe fan, you, you feel sort of like there's this betrayal By Baroness from Destro, where you're just kind of like, well, wait a minute, like, you're supposed to be with Destro, you little fucking minx, you know, and then, and then the other thing, then, then you also have that weird feeling of, this is icky, like, uh, a a reptilian thing is kissing a battle-damaged, like, scarred-faced burp. Woman face (laughs) like like, ah this is this makes me feel weird. (laughs) I feel I feel funny and not in a good good
0: way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah.
2: And I, guess I do I
0: do like oh. this Is like, these are the first of, like, I guess the unmaskings that, like, Skioli, like, says in the commentary that, you know, he wanted to, like, he was dis- always disappointed with all the unmaskings in, like, a lot of things, like in movies or in, uh you know, the original G.I. Joe comic, and he wanted to make all the unmaskings, like, be really, like, you know, affecting, basically. So, I guess, uh, mission mission accomplished, yeah. Yeah,
2: for that, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, I thought it was interesting, I mean, moving along the whole romance train, I mean, you've got Snake Eyes, who's now binary-bonded to Fortress Maximus, and then Ninja Force Scarlet, who's, like, binary-bonded to Scorponok. And then there's this like weird thing where the fucking tongues come out. I was gonna
0: say it's like it's supposed to be like these like like ramps that come out of like Fort Max and Scorpion mouths, but it looks like they're like French kissing each other or
2: something. Looks like they're touching tongues or something. And so like like Snake Eyes and and Ninja Force Scarlet walk out on the ramps to greet each other. And at this point, she's like, "Okay, show me your face." And it's like. Of course, she doesn't reject him or anything like that. But what I thought was kind of funny was, and I don't know, maybe maybe you don't have the same opinion I do, but it's weird. I feel like I share Scioli's opinion that, like, say, the unmasking of Snake Eyes wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. Because to me, I always thought when they finally unmasked him, I think it was like in issue 93, I always kind of thought, oh... And this is not degrading any of the characters, but I just thought, oh, he looks like Jonah Hex. Like, and I I don't know how to explain that. Like, I, I, you know, nobody would want what was done to Jonah Hex to be done to their face, right? Like, that's not what I'm saying. But in the grand scheme of things, like, I remember what Scioli talked about in the commentary when you'd read G.I. Joe comics and Snake Eyes would unmask and people would literally barf on cute like they would literally barf so i i kind of i mean without knowing what it was like you know it's always like what you don't know is like scarier and freakier than what you do know type thing but i mean i think if i if i had to nail it down what i expected snake eyes to look like is what spawn looked like when he took off his mask like his entire face was charred beyond recognition and
0: kind of like like Deadpool almost yes, yeah like just, Deadpool
2: yeah. or Spawn like I expected Snake Eyes to look like that like just totally like you know, Freddy Krueger mangled whatever comparison you want to make. And when I saw that he kind of looked like Jonah Hex, it wasn't so much like, oh, well, you know, like that's great and thumbs up, but it was more like kind of like you were like, well, wait, I expected it to be a lot worse than that. And and what I think is interesting is I I think he kind of faithfully replicates what – was done in GI Joe ninety three in that splash page, you know the the whole unmasking of Snake Eyes. I mean, it looks like w- what the unmasking kind of looked like to me. But I, I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts on that. Like I I had seen a panel
0: like where where Snake Eyes originally unmasked, and I I also had the same thought where I was like, oh, he's got like the Jonah Hex like bulgy eye and the like skin flap or whatever, but. Like when I saw this in the comic, I was like, "Oh, I guess it's a little different." I guess I think it's a little more like, like the damage is a lot worse. I think in this comic, basically, like it's it's like a it's like someone took like a shovel to like like took a like or like an ice cream scoop or something and scooped out a huge chunk of like the side of Snake Eyes's face in this comic. So, so like more like,
2: like more like Harvey Dent and. Darth yeah Knight than jonah haggs per se something like that yeah
0: like like, like i feel like like it's, it seemed like in the original like image he still had like some skin on that side but this one it looks like yeah it's like he's got a huge like gouge of like flesh taken out along with you know whatever else and he's got like you know the bulging like eye or whatever too so like i don't know we were you like in and any talks that's the other thing too where he says like am i a monster like you know like i Look, I, it was a very like a, it's an effective panel but it's not like like I guess it doesn't exactly like make you like barf or anything like you know like it's yeah not... yeah
2: oh, well I, I guess I mean I know that's probably unfair but I always use that as the it's like is is this gonna make me barf and it's like when the answer is no then then I kind of feel like disappointed or let down for some reason like I'm like I want you to make me barf you know like, that's <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about it but i guess that's just me i've got like the weight of all those uh years of of, of history yeah it's like we're we're, we're
0: yeah like we're we're pretty experienced by this point so it's like it takes a lot for us to go like uh oh, oh, oh. like but but no i yeah i mean it's still a really good splash page like skioli like draws the hell out of it but um i guess i can uh, yeah like I, I can agree that it's not exactly like i don't know maybe if maybe if both sides of his face looked like that like you know you'd be like oh my god like holy crap yeah, you know. yeah. but yeah yeah but anyway uh like i guess moving on like uh, uh megatron is like haunted by the ghosts of like prime's past and i, I like one of them is called amazon prime like like I, that made me laugh <laughs> He's like, he's like, till all are one and with free shipping.
2: <laughs> I love you, Amazon
1: Prime.
0: I guess this is a kind of like, I we were kind of like joking with Justin like that. We we're like, oh, you probably wouldn't like this. Like Grimlock gets kind of like punked out in this series and stuff. But I guess like Grimlock kind of gets a way to like strike back like at Megatron here where he kind of, like, since Optimus, like, kind of traded places with him and, like, admitted him into the, let him go into the Matrix or whatever, like, Grimlock just, instead of, like, you know, finding w- what you would think is, like, you 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 enter the afterlife and you go and find peace or whatever, but Grimlock just uses it to attack Megatron
2: from, like, within, basically. Well, yeah, he's, and, like, he's like a vengeful ghost, and he possesses Megatron's Tyrannosaur arm and basically has it attack him all kind of evil dead style pretty much yeah, you know? so.
0: like i think that's a like a tiny bit of i guess redemption basically for grimlock as far as you know he doesn't get to be he doesn't have to be completely like punked
2: out so i, I don't know if you can tell by my avatar but i mean i really like the moment after they managed to get metroplex to transform back into his titan robot mode and then there's this cool splash with basically like the entirety of what you'd call, like, the Johtobot alliance, you know, and you've got, you know, Duke and Falcon right up front at the the center, and then you've got, like, Rodimus, you know, riding on Skylinks, like, it's his steed and stuff, kind of like he's, you know, Return of the King, you know, Aragorn or whatever. And, and Yeah. And then you've got, like, all these other, like, cool-ass, like, you know, Joe and Transformer, you know, flags in the dead center, you know, riding on, like, one of the... I I I'm imagining it's like either the 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 Vamp or one of those like G.I. Joe vehicles or whatever. And and then you've got all these kind of combiners and Titans, you know, pulling up the rear and stuff, which I, I you know, I just think that's like super cool. And then yeah. then it turns into this whole like, two-page spread on the next page where that entire group is confronting Megatron and the Decepticons and everything, and it's, it's very, very epic kind of looking panels and
0: stuff. Yeah, the scale is, like, amazing, like, like, yeah, like, the influence of, like, Jack Kirby is, like... And even, even someone like, you know, Frank Springer or someone, like, who drew, like, all these giant group shots and, like, had to keep all these characters straight. <laughs> I like, uh, they... they to, like, they have a... For, like, Tripticon has, like, this force field up, but, like, uh, Wheeljack kind of holds Blaster up and, like, it just broadcasts this frequency that, like, breaks the force field. And then, um... Yeah, the, the fight is on, and, uh... Yeah, I I love like you said like Rodimus is kind of riding Skylinks and like I don't know this is like this tiny shot of him like riding Skylinks into battle against Tripticon that I think is kind of funny. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You, you know what like. else I liked
2: is I like how like General Flags like. Be a man, Metroplex, stop being a sissy bitch and transform, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like all that kind of stuff was, was good stuff, getting into that that whole big fight and spread and everything. And, and like, I did kind of find it, like, even in that those panels that you're talking about, I, I found it was, like, pretty awesome how, you know, the blaster ejects all the cassettes, but then, like, it's like, what is it now? Like, this is the part, like, I sort of missed that I, I, I don't know if I completely understand how this happened or transpired but now like what the ghost of Wild Bill is writing you know the the cassettes and stuff well it's like
0: i guess i guess that like at the end of that autopsy scene that we discussed earlier like Wild Bill like kind of wakes up and it turns out that like that techno core that Perceptor implanted in him like actually worked. So now he's kind of like a like he's been resurrected as like a like techno being or something. So yeah, he's like he's riding Ramhorn into battle basically in one panel. And then uh I like uh, when the Metroplex like punches a hole in Trypticon, and then like people like enter Tryptocon through Metroplex's fists and they're like, Yoto joto Bato like Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And then you've got, like, the whole, I guess, Megatron is getting bombarded with all those green bombs, and then that kind of puts Cobra Commander, the original Cobra Commander, in a strong bargaining position and everything like that. So he basically, like, kind of twists megatron's arm into making him lord of mars you know it's like it's funny how like it's like it's like it kind of reminds me of like those old kind of things it's almost like you know lex Luthor having the conversation with general zod and it's like lex luther ruler of australia you know, do your thing you know and this kind of reminds me of the same thing it's like oh fine fine you know cobra commander lord of mars get this fucking plant shit off me like now <laughs> you know, so it it was pretty cool scene.
0: What's, uh, I, I know he talks about it in the, the commentary, but what's that, like, sort of vehicle that like, it's, uh, it's
2: the, helps the fence It's the bridge layer. It's like the lame, well, it's not lame in terms of, like, army stuff because you'd actually need it, you know, but it's like, I think for, like, maybe the imagination of a little kid, it's like, you know, basically if you're a lame little kid and you don't appreciate the fact that in, in a war zone you're not gonna, you know, basically some of the first things to go that people shoot down or bridges and infrastructure and all this other stuff so you'd actually have like military vehicles that basically like the whole purpose of that bridge layer was you know it's a tank that rides in and then what it's supposed to do is manufacture a bridge when there's like a ravine or a cavern and the nat, you know whatever the the natural infrastructure of an existing bridge is probably blown away or just doesn't exist because the terrain you're on is so treacherous you know so basically the idea is oh you know, we could sick, like, 500 tanks on Cobra, but because there's all this rocky terrain, like, we can't do it. Well, with the bridge layer there, we can make a bridge, the tanks can drive over the rocky terrain, and they can all attack Cobra and Yojo. The day is saved. But in this case, like, I guess the idea is it's being used as a... I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it. It's basically being used as, as kind of like a crutch for... Defensor, because he can't lift up his, his Peacemaker cannon, and so it basically, instead of, you know, making a bridge, it basically is just, the bridge is ended up being standed erect, and it basically holds the the cannon secure in place, so he can shoot your the face and stuff.
0: <laughs> Poor Defensor. He's like, no harm must come to the humans! <laughs>
2: I just take it all. So,
1: yeah,
2: you know, of course, the lame ass crystal ball is here to deliver <laughs> the wonderful news that French kissing gets you pregnant apparently because that French kiss uh we can see in crystal ball's little ball that Serpentores, Baroness, whatever will give birth to a bouncing creepy ass green multi-eyed lizard baby or whatever the fuck so i was
0: like wow i was like yeah i guess is is that supposed to be serpent serpentor i guess it seems like
2: uh, it seems like it seems like baroness and cobra commander french kiss that got her pregnant and then now it's like it's like he's serpentor but he's got the the multi eyes of cobra commander after he got Shot in the face with the spores from Cobra Law, because he's got all those—he's got like those six eyes and everything. So it seems to be like a sort of merger of, you know, obviously different aspects. But yeah, they—they, you know, they're they're like—he's got his father's eyes. What
0: was, um, maybe you know, but I can't recall, what was the deal with, like, Crystal Ball? Like, was was his file card, like, written by someone famous or something? Or, like, I know there was some kind of, like, deal with his file card or... I forget, Like, I I want to say it's almost like like Stephen King or something. Like wrote Crystal Ball's like file card or it was something ridiculous. I huh. don't know what, but I it, don't. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But like, I I always remember there being some kind of story about Crystal Ball. Like,
2: I'm I'm curious now, but I don't I don't remember. Let me see. Crystal Ball, G.I. Joe.
0: I it was it was something I read in like Toy Fair like way back in the day where it's like something crazy like
2: joe I wonder if that has anything.
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy and I'm, I'm just imagining it. But Trivia. Yeah.
2: Crystal Ball is almost universally considered the most disliked figures. Fans hate <laughs> this guy. Well, I guess I'm like everybody else. Uh, was the peg warmer of the 1987 assortments to the extent that he was still on some store shelves as late as 1990. Oh, here it is. So you're not crazy. Developed at the suggestion of Stephen King's son. Yeah. Who was a GI Joe fan and wanted a magician on the team? Depending on how the story is told, either King or his son Owen created Crystal Ball and wrote the file card. Crystal Ball's biographical information is a parody of Owen King's own history. Wow. Sorry, (laughs) Owen King, man. That Crystal Ball sucks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's like it, like crystal ball is like universally loathed by everyone like and then the wiki says like especially by derek craig like,
2: <laughs> yeah you you went in there and made some edits you know
0: yeah everyone but stephen king and stephen king's son like, like, the, like did stephen crystal king's king. son
2: write the file card for psych out too because <laughs> <laughs> he sucks too <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs>
0: yeah okay well i'm I'm glad i'm not crazy and i wasn't recalling something else
2: so. no 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 i just i i didn't that was not i i can't remember if i'd ever heard that before but it's nothing that i immediately remembered but i'm glad we stopped to look it up for a sec
0: cool so you want to move on to the final issue yeah
2: yeah i i love the cover for this it's the bumblebee and optimus prime like you know folding, folding the american flag. flag i i think that's a really cool image
0: yeah very much so. But there's some crazy shit happening on the first few pages. Like, just, you know... Man, this that, that first, like, splash page, like, the scale is, like, awesome. Like, the... It's like Starscream. Like, this uplit shot of Starscream. And, like, there's so much going on in it, basically, where... Like, it's it's shot from, like, I guess, ground level, where it's, like, Snake Eyes and Jinx and, like, Hawk and Duke are all trying to shoot Star up at Starscream, and he's kind of, like, towering over them. And then, like, in the next page, he, like, transforms, and, like, half of them are all, like, hanging off him as he, like, flies
2: into the air. Yeah, I think the whole comahawk thing finally pays off in this you know like that and this this gets into the point where where we were alluding to earlier about some of that either strong homage or or outright sampling of the original comics and stuff because now you've got this kind of showdown between hawk and destro and then you know there's there's actual like cover recreations from gi joe 16 and then there's even panel creations from gi joe 16 which i i think this is the one that i feel the most comfortable with is the one where you can see hawk and destro basically you know doing almost kind of a i I believe it i want to say it was like maybe frank springer or somebody who drew the gi joe original comic but you can you can see it sort of embedded as the background to give it the the weight of history to it but tom scioli actually draws his own interpretation of that in the foreground and they they have you know dialogue between one another and everything but i I, i'd say that is the one i felt the most comfortable with but i think as it gets later in the 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 issue some of them are just outright like here's a bunch of collages of (laughs) <laughs> another <laughs> yeah. comic thanks very much but like in this yeah. case you're like oh this this kind of pays off i i feel like this battle pays off any effort you expended to read the sort of viking scottish backstory issue where he delved into the sort of almost you know 2001 style history of you know the transformers coming to earth and that's how that made destro this you know war profiteer that he is today and and how you know hawk's ancestry is is very much in intertwined with you know vikings and sail ships and all that other kind of stuff and and you you get the idea in that that the tomahawk is gonna play some special role and and here it does in the final confrontation pretty much although it, it's interesting how they sort of reverse things it's like baroness is riding atop Laserbeak and and sends out kind of a Serpentor style snake cobra staff and it's like, it's almost like a dual thing, like Lady J takes out Destro and Baroness takes out hawk and they're both like stabbed and bleeding and everything and then i guess destro much like megatron and transformers the movie is still makes it out of the situation so then i guess the tomahawk torch is passed on to duke and then duke continues the fight with destro and everything and and at that point you know he uses it to shatter his amulet and then that totally pretty much obliterates Destro's face and insides and everything. So yeah, that's, actually, that's pretty. Yeah, it. so maybe,
0: is that like is Destro's face maybe what you expected Snake Eyes to look like? Like almost yeah, like yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I mean that that's more along the lines of something that that would make somebody like recoil in horror and vomit and and that kind of thing. You know, that that's something basically that you like. Please put that in shadow or please cover up. You know, because <laughs> you're going to make other people nauseous. You know, as opposed to. You know, I, I guess I guess the, the the thing about Snake Eyes' face, it, it even kind of reminds me of the guy on Boardwalk Empire, where if you just took, like, some kind of appendage and placed it, you know, basically like the Phantom of the Opera type thing, where it's like, look, as long as you've got that one bit covered up, then everybody else kind of, you know, looks at you sort of, you know, like you have basically almost an unmarred face or they can, they can sort of put it in the back of their minds and and forget about it. But it's like when your entire face is, is like what Destras looks like in that one panel. I mean, no amount of, you know, you basically have to cover up entirely, you know, like there, there's no, you know, there's no makeup. There's no, you know, quick mask. that can just cover the, the one affected portion of the face, you know, it's like it's basically like it's everything, you know, so.
0: And then it turns out like the gun that Destro's been using is something called Mini Megatron, like where it, it's a little tiny Megatron that it like and it's got a little file card that says propaganda tool created by Megatron's enemies to mock him, embraced by Megatron and given as a gift to his devoted disciple Destro. And then Duke just steps on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that was pretty funny.
2: I thought it was kind of and funny then, that they they go into how Hawk gave Storm Shadow a swirly in the toilet.
0: That that also made me crack up. Yeah, like <laughs> I looked at like the editor even is like, "Whoa, he gave Storm Shadow a swirly!" Like, like in, in in a little editor's note.
2: Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's how badass Hawk is, even though he's on his deathbed right now.
0: I also like like he mentions it in the commentary like Scioli and Barber but like they give they give Hawk like white hair to like kind of differentiate mm-hmm. him from Duke cuz like you know in the old comic like they were both like blonde headed Yeah they, guys. they
1: they
2: always tried to do something like that like in the comics they were both blondes and then kind of had the the army crew cut and everything but it when when Hawk finally showed up on the cartoon series it's like he had really dark black hair when he would take off his helmet as opposed to Duke who had the blonde hair. So, yeah, they were, I think, I think they were always trying to find ways to reconcile that. So they didn't look sort of like cookie cutter, you know, it's like, Oh, it's like uh, Steve Rogers, Clint Barton, and, you know, Johnny Storm walk into a bar without their costumes on. It's like, how do you know who's who Yeah. type
0: thing? So. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't look like Hawk's going to be okay.
2: So no, eh, no, it doesn't. yeah, but can we, you know, a... can we talk? You know what's funny? I I felt so relieved because the minute I saw Mega Megatron come together, basically he Megatron like uses his, you know, black heart and the matrix and all this other stuff to you know his black hole of a heart to basically bring tons and tons of Autobots onto his form, and then he makes this collective monstrosity that with him at the center of it all controlling all these different forms and so he calls himself mega megatron and i was like man that looks like a vagina face megatron from the movies and then like <laughs> sure enough in the commentary yeah i, I was you know basically you know I'm like I'm like oh vindicated. Yeah, yeah, I was vindicated. This, this 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 is totally what Scioli intended. And I was like I I you know, I I, I, I did definitely though have the whole uh like I don't like Mega Megatron, you know? And I'm like that's yeah. kinda how I feel about vagina face Megatron from the It's uh, like
0: he's so. like it, it i forgot Scioli or Barbara says like you know movie Megatron kinda looks like a big pile of scrap metal, so that's why he looks like that in this comic. A big like mishmash of junk
1: gassy the sycophant you know what you are told which is nothing
0: you want to talk about the death of uh, dr venom like i I thought that was pretty funny like where dr venom's kind of been standing in the background while while like you know hawk and destro and duke have like this you know like battle to the death and then he's kind of like i can't fight like i'm a non-combatant and then duke's like you know kind of after like Hawk dies like venom's like grinning so duke just stuffs a grenade in his mouth <laughs> and he
1: uh,
2: yeah. explodes in the background yep yeah but uh
0: yeah and then after that um scarlet kind of goes into the matrix to like recover prime basically so like that was I thought that was a pretty nice scene where Prime is kind of like you know I'm a leader like I'm I'm not used to following like someone else and like Scarlet's kind of like don't worry like I'll I'll lead you out of here. After that um the Nemesis shows up like the Decepticon flagship but it's like shipwreck has like commandeered it basically. And he like kamikazes it into Megatron and Megatron or Mega Megatron and like knocks it apart basically. So that's a pretty like epic scene. And
2: then we get the the sneak return of Planet Earth.
0: Yeah, it... like up until this point, yeah, we all thought Planet Earth had been destroyed, but it was just hidden behind a giant like cloud of like
2: dust or whatever. It's weird. I don't know if they're trying to suggest that no continents were really hurt by the impact because they talk about oh the new continent and like clearly it looks like it's you know dead smack in the center of the atlantic ocean but then part of me thought to myself i was like man like europe and africa got the raw like to me it kind of looks like Like europe and africa must have been clearly affected by that but but, massive tidal waves probably yeah but they don't really seem to address that that portion of it or anything like that, yeah,
0: and then like on Earth, it's like Flint leads like an expedition to go wake up like Joel Colton, who is like in, have been in like cryo sleep, I guess I don't know, like and then he he looks like high Father
2: from like the, the new gods, mm-hmm. basically, yeah, yeah, no, I can see that i i didn't I didn't make that connection, but I totally see that because he he's got you know the long white hair and white beard and everything and then and then i think they, they were saying this was related to like some more recent real american hero comics from idw where larry hama said that like there was a, a pit inside the pit or something like that so i was like oh okay like that's that's something you know uh kind of kind of like when you brought up like rescue bots blades you know like like it's it's kind of a almost modern recent reference rather than a retro reference you
0: know yeah yeah it's interesting yeah it's like a giant eyeball like in the center like at the bottom of the pit and that that kind of pays off like later i guess uh billy shows up again when Sna- snake eyes kind of finds cobra commander his helmet because he's lost it and then billy shows up and like you said like now he's got both his, like, Transformer limbs and his other two limbs are, like, reptilian limbs. You know, so. I,
2: I don't know if they ever said it, but, I mean, it, this is kind of reminiscent of what I was expecting in a more subtle way, where they had... You remember, like, those Star Force-type G.I. Joes yeah. all? You know, like, some of them had the big, blocky spacesuit aspect to them, and then other ones had the weird, like, you know kind of alien reptilian tentacle cobra parts of him and it it almost seems like billy is half the bad guy from star force whatever the hell those were called and and half the good guy from star force which you know seems to be the role he ends up playing in this you know that that he he is storm shadow's apprentice but he's also not going to put up with his father's crap either you know
0: yeah and then like yeah they they start to fight and then storm shadow and snake eyes start to fight i love the series of panels of billy and cobra commander fighting because it's like sort of like standard where they're sword fighting and then at the very end it's like billy giving cobra commander a pile driver
2: (laughs) (laughs) well it's so funny because they're so small so like if you don't if you don't pay attention enough to it, you're kind of like, oh yeah, this is a sword fight, you know. But then towards the end of it, it's like, well wait a minute, like it's not just a sword <laughs> yeah, fight.
0: it's just it's a just a tiny tiny panel of like Cobra Commander it's, like stiff as a board. Well, like, it's almost like yeah.
2: it's almost like he's trying to see if people are like paying attention to what what he's <laughs> yeah. doing because it's like okay, like if you just go along with the standard thing, then you know they stop paying attention after a few panels. But if you like follow all like ten of these like minuscule panels you know it's like oh you know like it kind of gives you a chuckle at the end and then this is the beginning of kind of what I was referring to the whole like you know rap music sampling of stuff where you've got like panels from like what like Transformers 2 and Transformers 25 and transformers you know, what like in the what 80s or 70s something, something yeah. you know the, the
0: one that says raw naked aggression yeah. is like during the fight with Galvatron. yeah you know something. like so, and
2: yeah. you know so it's like I, I mean i recognize most of them you know or even it might even be from transformers 3 the one with um spider-man even though they
0: they yeah, probably can't
1: recreate you know, that the, the
0: very the very bottom one like in the middle i think is actually from the issue of gi joe that crossed over with generation 2 ah oh, okay. like when when the cobra castle is like firing on megatron oh, okay, okay. Like, hey, like... yeah cuz that, that you know this this page kind of confused me cuz i guess it's supposed to represent that megatron is still like alive basically and he's like recovered but like i don't there's no like new art on it so it's just like it's a random collage in the middle of the story yeah that
2: that's that's kind of what that that's why i think i mean i i get i i sort of get it but but it it didn't work for me i guess like the yeah. the the duke and and or i'm sorry the the hawk and and destro thing with the panel on the back you know like that worked for me but this one and I think some of the later ones that we'll, we'll run into later, like, it didn't quite work for me. It's like, it's almost like it's like an ad that interrupted the sword fighting panels or something.
0: Yeah. So then the next page, you've got Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, like, finishing their rivalry, basically. Like, Snake Eyes, like, stab Storm Shadow through the chest, and Storm Shadow's like, like, cool, like, cool stab, bro. I think, like, a Skioli says in the, um, or Barber says in the commentary that it was supposed to be, like, a, uh, like, lone wolf and cub, like, homage mm-hmm. or something. Or, like, whenever he kills, like, an enemy, like, they have some kind of, like, soliloquy before they die or whatever,
2: so. Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: But, yeah, that that was actually really touching where Sna- Storm Shadow was kind of, like, you know, we were best... Yeah, you know, but maybe it's commentary on, like, Storm Shadow's, like, history throughout the original comics where he kind of comments on, like, how, like, we're better as enemies, basically, than, like, friends, because, you know, I think we make each other stronger when we're rivals.
2: Yeah, well, but... I guess I don't know how strong you are when you're dead, but... <laughs> yeah. But, but I, like... I I guess I can, I, I can look past that and, and try to appreciate it for, for its intent, you know? Yeah.
0: And then, um... It turns out, like, you know, uh, Cobra Commander has a bunch of his, like, subordinates, like, all, like, hold guns to Billy, so he wins the duel by, like, default, basically. But uh, it turns out, like, the helmet that Snake Eyes gave Cobra Commander, uh, he has the, like, trigger to... I guess this is another, like, inset panel. uh, Yeah, and that
2: that worked a little better, because it's almost like a, a flashback giving you the information you needed to know that was already sort of there from the beginning where the the helmet's lined with plastic explosive. and it, It's supposed to be like one of these whole, you know, Batman prep time deals where if you try to remove Batman's cowl, you know, somebody gets electrocuted or whatever. But in the case of Cobra Commander, it's like, oh, if you try to take off my helmet, you know, my helmet's going to explode. But that helmet that he returned to Cobra Commander, you know, Snake Eyes has the detonator for, so he basically
0: and i like it's like it's like firefly like major blood and like tomax and zamot are all there so like it takes out all of them too yeah so it's it's kind of like it's like like they came like firefly and those guys like just came in to be like hey what's going on over here oh my god (laughs) Uh.
1: yeah
0: but like I don't I, I don't even remember if like I I know Tomax and Zamot had like some lines but I don't I don't even remember if Major Blood or Firefly did anything significant in this series like well, so. Well, I mean
2: fun. Major Blood had the whole thing where he was normal at the beginning in the first issue and then by the end of it he had his. His, eye oh, patch, yeah, his, his, yeah, his cybernetic right, yeah. arm and stuff like that so yeah, yeah i mean yeah. i i think i think most of them did some stuff i i'd say the person that i have a tough time remembering if they did much of anything of important was firefly but it's kind of funny how firefly is kind of like no no or is that cobra commander
0: um it's co it's cobra commander okay. yeah yeah so but yeah that's funny so that's like that's the end of cobra commander and like most of the cobra leadership basically so but um then then we go into one of my favorite parts of the issue where ultra magnus like breaks like shatters through one of primus's eyes much in the like style of transformers the movie at the end when they all break through like unicron's eyes and he like lands and transforms and poses with uh springer rc cup and Rekgar and like a homage to like the movie poster. yeah this basically. is pretty much the
2: the transformers the movie page right
0: yeah and then yeah like megatron directly refers to him as like auto the autobot god of the dead like is coming to challenge him basically so and I uh, I guess, like I I said, I guess it's like Scioli was, like, building up to this moment, but I I still don't, like, I I was like, why is Ultra Magnus the Autobot god of the dead? Like, that seems weird, but, like, I get get what the moment he's going for, which happens, like, two pages from now, but, like, I don't know, like, I guess for anyone familiar with Ultra Magnus, you're kind of like, yeah, but he's, like, his own character, like, you know, he... He kind of, like, uses him as, like, a vessel.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, well, in, in some ways, it's it's kind of uh, an extended version of what he does with Bludgeon. Like, Bludgeon looks cool. He's going to be the guardian of the gateway to the Matrix afterlife because I think it works and he looks cool. And I, I think much in the same manner, it's like, oh, well, Ultra Magnus, like, you know, is always facing down death. I'm going to make him the god of death and he'll you know, it'll look cool when he's like swimming with Optimus on the river sticks and, you know, and then for the the later panel we're about to get to. Yeah. And
0: so like, yeah, Megatron and ultra Magnus have like a kind of final duel on the surface of the sun. And, um, somehow, and, uh, like Magnus rips the matrix out of Megatron's chest and like opens it himself or, or at least like, you know, channels it and, His Ultra Magnus's chest opens and like the white Optimus Prime jumps out and it's like the return of Optimus Prime like so it turns out like Ultra Magnus was kind of just like a I guess like a vessel yeah for Optimus to be like resurrected through basically. And, uh, like, I I really liked that. Like, I thought that that's, like, the epitome of, like, you know, when you were a kid, like, what the hell is this white Optimus Prime, like, doing in here, basically? Like, what's, like, trying to, like, make logic of that? I, like, I kind of like it because it's, like, it's, like, up yours, Dreamwave. Like, this idea is, like, so much better than, like, just making, like, you know, Ultra Magnus, like, a, you know like another inexplicable like prime inside of magnus or whatever for no reason basically it's like the inside of
2: ultra magnus is a ghost a ghost
0: yeah. i like how like like i think scioli or barber describes it in the commentary it's like the resplendent like christ-like optimus prime within ultra magnus or something so but yeah and like i i thought that was a really awesome moment and then um Another, another great moment like follows that where Megatron is going to plunge into like the sun, basically. And Starscream like reaches out like, I I will save you, mighty Megatron. And then uh, he grabs the Matrix, which Megatron is still holding. And Starscream, uh, Megatron is kind of like, ah, loyal Starscream. Like, I knew oh, you would save me. And then <laughs> Starscream rips the Matrix out of his hand and kips, kicks him back off into the, the abyss. And he was like, I was talking to the Matrix. And then yeah, um, Megatron kind of plunges deeper into the sun, and then the Matrix kind of like changes hands a bunch of times, where it's like Laserbeak takes it from Starscream, and then a bunch of like Joes using jetpacks like catch it from Laserbeak, and then like Raptor and who is that like Nemesis Enforcer I yeah, think yeah, like that's take it from enforcer. them. And then, like, Bumblebee finally, like, takes it from Raptor and Nemesis Enforcer, and then finally, like, Prime gets it again and replaces it in his chest.
2: I'm sorry, the whole panel with, with General Flag parachuting down on the American flag, and then off to his side is, like, the fucking <laughs> Ghost Wild Bill going, like, yee Like, that's that's hilarious. yeah. It
0: looks it looks like Wild Bill can just like do like shoot guns with his has like finger guns or something now because he's just going bang 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 bang. <laughs> yeah, that's that's friggin' awesome. Yeah, but now like the only thing to be wrapped up is that Primus is still kind of eating the sun. Like I bet you forgot about that, but like that's that's still a thing that's happening. At
2: this point, the sun kind of looks like apocalypse almost because it's 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 so drained like most of it looks like a gray husk and there's just little fire pits that are still kind of burning on the surface and everything
0: general flag has a like plan to like stop primus did you like this bit where general flag kind of unmasks himself like he takes off his glasses and his his hat and it turns out it's like larry hama underneath basically
2: well it's weird i don't i don't think i got that from the art i mean i know it says it specifically in in the commentary but i I don't think i i got that when i looked at the panel i i think i you know in in hindsight i'm like okay that's kind of cool and nice and everything i i think i think i was in like full-on comic nerd mode where i was like you guys do realize that Larry Hama intended tunnel rat to be modeled after his experience within the army, you know, like, so I was like totally comic nerding it, but, but I mean, it's fine. I mean, I, I just took it as like, cause he, he literally says like, right Larry. So I, I, I guess, you know, it, it yeah. makes sense. So.
0: Yeah, that, I thought that was, like, as soon as he called him Larry, like, because I, I wasn't very familiar with General Flag, so I don't, I didn't know his, like, name is actually, what, like, Lawrence or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, like, I was kind of like, oh, is that supposed to be, like, Larry Hama? So, like, I, I did get that, like, sort of, like, right away, but um, anyway, yeah, like, his his plan, basically, like, going back to, like, you know, the pit within a pit with, the, with a giant eyeball in it. It turns out, like, Earth is a transformer called Atlas. And, uh, he, he, he transforms and punches, like, Primus off the sun.
2: It's like, get off my sun. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> get off my sun, yeah. Like, Atlas should be voiced by Harrison Ford, yeah. <laughs> get off my sun. And I thought Primus smelled bad on the outside.
2: On the outside. <laughs>
0: That's 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 pretty a uh, pretty awesome page where yeah the like um Atlas is a giant robot that like I described like who trans is basically Earth is his alternate mode so like that's pretty unique. It
1: like, sounded I, I, like I don't...
0: they were
2: saying they wanted to lead to that you know that was like a, a thought they had for for an ending that they were leading up to for a long time. So that's, you know, obviously that's like one of those things where you're like, okay, like at this point it seems like there's a lot more of those kind of crazy ideas in this final arc than there are anything related to toy catalogs or anything like that. It's more things that are servicing the, the finale of the story, you know, in terms of, how how this is all wrapping up and stuff. It's not like we ever, you know, we, we can't wax nostalgia about that Atlas toy that me and you both had, or that, that was, <laughs> yeah. in, you know, catalog, you know, 15 of the Transformers or whatever.
0: Yeah, it definitely. Like uh, this, this whole, like, last issue was, like, just one, like, sort of, like, awesomely epic thing after another. So that at this point, I was just kind of, like, going along with it, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course, of course Earth is a Transformer. It's kind of... It's weird cuz like in Transformers Prime, like Earth is Unicron basically. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so that's, it's kind of it's
2: not it's not entirely without crazy precedent, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So then like it, it, it after that point it's kind of like Primus has been defeated and um there's a bunch of like aftermath stuff and like uh prime heals snake eyes's snake eyes's like face
2: basically i, I almost was like wondering if because there's that one panel where he, he 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 sort of gives him the thumbs down and you were like part of me kind of wondered like is he not gonna heal his face like yeah. and, and he does obviously but it's all kind of like a a trick of the you know the the the, the... yeah the implementation of it, but there was that one brief moment where you're like, is he not going to heal his face? You know, that's a pretty cool scene. Yeah. And then, um,
0: yeah, there's a bunch the next series of pages is a bunch of like, yeah, like aftermath stuff.
2: They kind of turn that whole famous photo on his head where, you know, the, the sailor comes home after world war two and dips the nurse and, and, and kisses her. So in this case, it's like lady J who, dips flint and and kisses him you
0: know so (laughs) yeah and uh megatron who is like burning inside like the heart of the sun like kind of like calls on the, the our favorite uh attribute of this megatron his black hole heart to like you know rip a hole in the fabric of reality and get him out of here and uh, on the next page, we see where he's landed, and uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> his black hole heart yeah, has more, deposited him in, like, E-walk My Little shit.
2: Pony-verse, yeah, more basically. E-walk shit for the third part of the trilogy. It, it's <laughs> funny how, like, it, they they do make allusions while he's in the sun, like, I will get out of here, I'll be bigger and better than ever, I'll turn into Galvatron, I'll be really super cool, and then they immediately, like, squash that all to hell on the following page, because it's like, megatron's charred body is found by a dimension where magic is science and friendship is magic and you see like yeah. you know i don't know moon butt fucking pony or whatever that is like <laughs> licking, licking megatron's charred body and stuff i
0: i like that uh it says like it, his body is found not by unicron but by unicorn <laughs> <laughs> yeah <sighs> that's that's great like it's like it's it's almost like a a fate worse than hell or yeah
1: yeah yeah but at this point
2: right like it's like you get what you deserve for being the the intergalactic despot that you've been you know you're you're relegated to a charred husk in my little pony verse or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah i i I did kind of like this notion of like billy like sort of becoming the leader of Cobra, but he also takes on the identity of Snake Eyes, like, and and he he sort of colonizes Mars and all this stuff. Like, I, I I guess you know sort of jumping a little bit ahead of of some of these final moments. Like there is this kind of schematic of of what the new universe is like after the events of this maxi series, and I felt like. That reminded me so much of, like, Dune for some reason, like, because it reminded me of, like, you know, the way they would describe all the different houses on the different planets and, and how they had to sort of set up the the political machine for you when you either read that book or watched, like, the movies or the miniseries and stuff. And, like, they, they do make notion in the commentary of, oh, I wish somebody would take this universe, this post... Transformers versus G.I. Joe universe and run with it you know And, and it seemed like you know Billy could be a very tragic figure in the same vein as Paul Atreides like he could probably do a bunch of cool stuff you know to start with but then you see that you know Baroness has all these machinations and she's got like the true hair of Cobra commander quote unquote, you know, in her back pocket. And, you know, like that, that, that eventually who knows, like I could see it being, you know, going the way of Paul Atreides where, you know, Billy is blinded and, and does his whole, you know, walk into the desert just to, you know, die forever and stuff like that. You're like, oh geez, he makes the, the long walk and everything like in judge Dredd, And you know, anyway, those, those were things that were going through my head as I was kind of contemplating like where all that stuff would go. And then I, I guess after that page, we get, not one, but, like, I think it's, like, three pages, and they're, like, or maybe it's two pages, but they're, like, yeah. they're they're basically directly lifted from G.I. Joe number 22. And what's kind of interesting about that is that this technically, in this story, it is the funeral for General Hawk. But in the context of G.I. Joe 22, it's actually the funeral for General Flagg, who is residing over the funeral for general hawk in this so and and i i I think these probably worked better than the megatron collage but again i i feel kind of funny about them yeah straight up like oh here's 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 you know two pages from an old gi joe comic
0: at least this time I was I like I got it basically like unlike the Megatron page where I was like wait what is this supposed to symbolize but uh, yeah then after that uh, like General Flag uh, is going to be you know sent to the gallows for you know what he's what it what he put into motion like during Space War One or whatever but uh, Stalker um, saves him by shooting out the the noose basically and uh it's like one of those like things you only see in like movies where it's like you know someone's in the gas chamber and they're like wait you know the someone the mayor has just issued a pardon for you like just as you were about to be executed like you know like hip hip hooray like yo joe yo hey general flag's gonna be okay like he's like hanging they're like oops (laughs) like uh
2: oh (laughs) we're too we're so I do got to say, like, even though this is supposed to be an homage to uh, Uncanny X-Men, I was totally like, this is new levels of lobster woman what-the-fuckness. Because hmm. basically, like, Snake Eyes and Scarlet are all happy living with, like, all the Joe animals on um, um, Scorponok, like, in this sort of serene, you know... Like basically, there's like a log house that's built on top of Scorponok's tail, and it's this nice, serene environment. And they get this wedding invitation, and the wedding invitation is from Covergirl and Braun. And I'm just <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? But uh, apparently, they're gonna they're gonna get married, and they've got the whole you're cordially invited, and and it's it's basically like a takeoff on if you've ever read like X-Men 175. It's like there's that whole invite to, you know, the the the, or Wolverine and Mariko's wedding and stuff like that. So so it's it's basically sort of an homage to to that sequence. You know, it's like it's like instead of like, hey Elf, don't forget the beer. It's like, hey Scars, you know, don't don't forget the beer. So
0: yeah, I like uh, also they say that like snake eyes real name is like francis w- wiki yes yeah? So yeah he's yeah, like he's like the the, the 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 third like never before heard of like super cool brother of like buster
2: and spike or whatever and then it would also make sense why he binary bonded to fortress maximus yeah w- wiki you know so. yeah but
0: uh and then yeah you get to that um like you said that big like sort of uh chart basically of the post-war solar system where it like describes all all these
2: like potential for new stories. Yeah, I mean I, I think all of those are kinda of interesting. I mean I I kinda of share Skully and Barber's like thoughts on oh, I wonder if somebody could take take this and run with it, maybe, you know?
0: I like my favorite one is like uh Raptor has like made one of Saturn's moons like some kind of tax haven for billionaires or something. Like where... <laughs> It's like, of course, Raptor did that. Yeah. Yes. It's like, Cause, he's cause like cause you raptors, can all live
1: here.
2: Because Raptor's super important, you know. He's like,
0: you can you can all live here, but you all have to dress as birds, <laughs> like every all the time. Yeah, that. No exception. Ne, ne,
2: like, never mind about the fucking gravity and gas that would fucking kill you, but you you also have to dress as a fucking bird.
0: <laughs> it's like, who's who's the first to sign up? Like, Adrian Toomes. Uh-huh. Okay, you're in. You know, like, okay. But uh, yeah, and then you know there's various other things, and you know um, I guess so like Primus has been like restored, and he kind of like jets through the galaxy now, so
2: it's like Cybertron's kind of mobile. Yeah, did you notice how like the, the it's it's like on Uranus like there's the the Beast Wars stuff, but then I guess like Retgar and Rodimus are there just to be like hippie philosophers. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah, stuff, I guess know? so. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. But, um, and then, and then I guess it ends with the whole, like, it's like the Ark two has like, you know, the orange armored hull of the Ark, but then it's got all this GI Joe camo kind of colors on it as well. And like, it, it almost felt like, like Star Trek, the next generation. Cause they're, you know, they're doing like Transformers love GI Joe generation two or whatever. And like, <laughs> and like at the center, you know, primes in the command chair. And then it's like, you've got like, you know, like falcon and and stalker and jinx at the helm and you got ghost wild bill who's probably like the doctor from voyager and then you've got like rc and uh, you know at, at at picard prime's side as like the counselor and then you've got like you know bumblebee you know as maybe like number one or something like that you know yeah i think like
0: i i think like i said i think wild bill is more like a like techno, like, Silver Surfer guy or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that goes... So yeah. maybe, 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 more, maybe more, like, Data? I don't know. Than, than yeah, Doc, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But, I don't, maybe yeah. he was infected by Elses or something, yeah. But. And then stupid Quick Kicks over there on the right, like, posing with his nunchucks
2: or whatever. I'm gonna pose with my nunchucks, Shane. Shane, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pilgrim. <laughs> like. <laughs> but, you know, as nice as Prime, like, rockets off, he basically... You know leaves Cybertron to Rodimus the Autobot King you know and so like you've got that whole kind of season three notion you know where you've got you know Rodimus riding his Skylink Steed and you got Wheelie and Cup and Rekgar and Ultra Magnus in the background and stuff
0: hey I guess we, Wheelie's okay like I think the last time we saw Wheelie he was like being like thrown into one of those like harvester yeah, units yeah, we, were, we were pretty convinced
2: he was he was dead but apparently he's fine now so
0: and then yeah you've got the final scene where I which is according to the commentary which is a sort of like you were talking about like more recent like homages and it's kind of like a homage to like G.I. Joe retaliation yeah, where Rodelock yeah, and Duke are kind of hanging out together yeah
2: I can totally see that
1: humidity I say it's about 62% you know, feed me the barometric pressure too That's on the rise. Like your panties. You love my panties. That's an interesting choice of a joke. Of all the things you could say, Okay, I'm just. you love my panties. Are you going to shut up? What is that? Are you going to shut up? I'm just trying to do something. I'm trying to do something. I just don't have to shut
0: up. And then uh, what's who's that? Buzzer? Yeah, Buzzer
2: is the dreadnought who's driving the bus. So as roadblocks, kids get on the school bus you know, Roadblock notices, wait wait a minute, that's a dreadnought. And then as Buzzer turns and smiles, it's like the next page is... the the school bus turns into like a Decepticon warrior and, and Buzzer is like riding alongside him with his buzzsaw and shooting off his, his guns and everything. And, you know, of course, roadblock is getting his kids to safety and, you know, Duke is just like, don't worry kids, your daddy knows his business, you know, and that's basically, and then it does have that like sort of photo from the, I, I believe it is, I think that's also from issue 22 because that's when, uh, roadblock and duke are first introduced during the funeral of general flag and it's like i think a raptor comes overhead the funeral and all the joes are like sort of caught with their pants down because they're all in sort of funeral mode and stuff but then i think like roadblock and duke mow down the rattler and then it's like holy shit you guys are awesome you know because you're the oh it's like
0: the sell new toys yeah 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 it's like you guys are greatest
2: you know so I think yeah yeah so
0: well, see, like, it's odd for me because I don't, like I said, I haven't read the Marvel G.I. Joe comic. So, like, it's weird for me to think that Roadblock and Duke were, like, new characters mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, if, to me, like, they were, they were always, always
2: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I but... can see that, especially if you just kind of, Duke was in the first cartoon from the very beginning. And then Roadblock was in that second miniseries. So it's not like, it's not like there was much discrepancy you know or yeah or like that you like you're saying it's not like that there was much of a chance for them to be introduced as new characters so yeah
0: so yeah like that's the whole series and i mean i loved this series like i i can get like you know obviously this series has its detractors and i, I can get if you don't like dig the style or anything if that turns you off it's fine but like i don't I don't like it when people are like, oh, it's all, like, baby drawings or, like, outdated, you know, whatever, like, and I'm like, well, he's, he's trying to, like, homage something from the past, but I I don't know, I take offense when they're like, you know, oh, it's, like, bad artwork, I'm like, it's not, it's, I think it's, it's very technically, very technically savvy, like, like, you know, like, it's very competent artwork, it's just trying to ape something that, like, you know, obviously it's an outdated style, but it's no less like, you know...
2: Well, you you just get mad when people kind of dumb it down to the point where they say, this art's bad, I don't like it. And it's kind of like, well, you, you, you know, you, you don't have a greater appreciation for one art in general and what he's trying to do and and what he's accomplished in these 13 issues i mean you know you you can go back to reading you know whatever style you like and and a lot of it is very aesthetic you know it's like they don't like his aesthetics but that doesn't mean that what he's doing isn't technically proficient and it doesn't have a lot of thought and care put into it either you know like like i mean yeah so It's
0: just, like, everything is, like, bursting with, like, creativity, like, in this series, basically, like, and, yeah, like, I had a ton of fun, like, reading it, so, like, you know, I'm glad,
2: I'm glad I I turned you on to it, too. Yeah, yeah, no, this was, this was a lot of fun to read, I I enjoyed reading it, there's always lots of cool things, and it's fun talking to you about it, because you always point out things to me that maybe i missed or or you know like you know we're talking about the whole you know stephen king's son thing and and, yeah. and you know the the notion about larry Hama, you know larry being general flag in this and stuff like that so there's always yeah. there's always fun stuff that you can well, yeah, no, you can bounce
0: vice, vice, vice versa because like i said i haven't read the marvel g.i joe comics, so you can point out those yeah. things to me yeah yeah so. it's like
2: there's, there's lots of fun things that you can you can kind of bounce off one another when you get together to talk about this. And then, you know, the other thing that that I'd mention is I think there's like a a backup promo for like his new skill, his new comic. Well, I guess by this point it won't be new by the time this is released, but there's uh the, the backup for uh, American barbarian, which I guess is his new, create our own project from IDW. And then something I was kind of looking forward to that I thought it would be worth mentioning, you know, on this podcast, and it'll probably be out by the time, you know, this goes up or whatever. But, you know, Tom Skelly is doing a backup strip in dc comics cave carson and it's going to be a backup strip of superpowers which i'm really looking forward to it's part of their young animal imprint and stuff
1: so yeah that, oh, you know that, hopefully that totally by the time you're
2: awesome. by the time you're hearing this it'll long be out and you know kind of be a big hit or whatever but i'm i'm definitely you know wh- wh- however that plays out you know I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure so
0: yeah it's kind of like well it's kind of since he's kind of like aping like jack kirby and stuff it's like he's graduating to like the real thing now yeah or something, yeah like yeah,
2: almost, totally, yeah totally like he, he obviously caught some eyes over there at dc and let him you know they're gonna let him kind of do his thing in a in a backup strip or whatever i i, I kind of find it's funny and not not to insult anybody who's a fan of cave carson but i did have that notion of like wait like shouldn't Shouldn't Cave Carson be opening for Superpowers and not the other, you know, like I was like, "Wait <laughs> a minute. Like why is Superpowers the backup strip, you know?
0: <laughs> why are they uh, the like, second I'm act?" Like, yeah. Like why? It.
2: I'm like, "Why is, you know, I'm like, why is Guns and Roses opening for Green Day? That doesn't make any
1: <laughs> sense." <laughs> Figure that. Hey guys, this is a fun episode of Figure That where we talk about action figures in the modern day. One of the things I want to talk about now is Titan Masters. Titan Masters is the new line from Hasbro. It's been out for a couple months and it's just building more and more steam. One of the things I really wanted to talk about though was the four Autobot Headmasters that were actually from G1. If you don't know who they are, they are Brainstorm, Highbrow, Hardhead, and Chromedome. These were original characters back in the day and they've gotten updates and I really like the updates. They are really fun and exciting and toys I was really wanting to get. That hasn't happened in a long time with some of the things that have been going on with Transformers. So I want to go into detail, not only about like how much I like them, but how they have changed a little bit from the G1 aesthetic, despite one of the things I like about Titan Masters is how much they have maintained a G1 aesthetic. Cause they basically have just upped the articulation and just changed small things. Now with the four characters I'm talking about tonight, Probably the least popular is Highbrow. I got stuck with you. I was hoping for someone who at least approached my own intellectual capacity. Highbrow is a twin rotor helicopter, but he's really cool. He looks like a jet helicopter. He's got a very sleek look, even though it's kind of boxy. It's weird how it works, and when he transforms, he is a very cool action figure. The only thing that's different about him from G1 is probably his face. His original face was more angular and more i say alien almost uh that would be gort in this version he's zort his name is zort x-o-r-t it's a thing that happens but it's really cool how he looks he 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 has that kind of really cool cartoony vibe he has the twin rainmaker rifles and he's just a really nice figure and i really enjoy even just like fiddling with him making him into a helicopter mode and Posing him as a robot, he just looks very arrogant, and just really cool. I I really enjoy how they've updated his aesthetic. Moving on to the next one, my favorite character, which is not always the favorite character for everybody else, I know Mike will agree with me on this, is Hardhead. Hardhead is a four-treaded tank. He is big, bulky, he's a bruiser, he was on Orion Pax's shuttle, he's kind of like a tough guy bodyguard shot night beat in the head one time because he does that uh this one is very much g1 it's not so much g1 cartoon but g1 toy the g1 cartoon rebirth is him with a mouth the original g1 toy had a faceplate, and that's what he does here and i really appreciate that because i had the original g1 hardhead toy and i really like that look and i know there's some people who don't like that But this was really cool. I like the fact that he is G1. I I just want a good hardhead. And I got a good hardhead. And I'm really happy about that. That made me really excited. Um, His character that makes his head is called Furos, not Duros. I would imagine the Duros sisters are a bunch of bitches and don't want their name being used. (laughs) Hey, Duros, welcome to the club. (coughs) You us! Probably the only biggest problem with uh, Hardhead is... I, w- I would like him to be taller. There's add-ons for that to make him taller. He's a big, bulky guy. And also, he doesn't come with two shatter blasters. He only comes with one. But I would like... I like all the Headmasters to be like they were, to come with two guns, just like G1. But it is what it is. But still, Hardhead is, is pretty amazing. So the last two characters are both very popular in IDF Comics, but I'm going to go with Brainstorm. I want to save the like possibly the best for last brainstorm and the idw comics is a crazy mad scientist who's sometimes a decepticon or just crazy but he's just amazingly fun to read and his toy is a walgreens exclusive you can pick it up it is also a San Diego comic-con exclusive and but I, I like the walgreens one better i don't i like the one i picked up not just because it was cheaper but because it looks more like him it's got the teal, it's got the gray, it is a blurry mold. Don't make any mistake, it is a remold. Unlike some people like Sentinel Prime, I, I wanna say the blur mold probably came first cause that mold looks like blur. And I think they just tweaked it enough to make it a like Brainstorm.
2: Those creeps swiping my idea, I'll sue!
1: However, Brainstorm's face is uh, really great because I don't know how to think about it. And when I say that, it's not a, a negative thing. It's because he could be IDW or straight-up G1. They, they they both fit. Because his IDW face is his G1 head. Just more expressive. But as a toy, you put that expression in your head. You know, imagination is what makes it work. Um, probably the only like downside is he does have the blur gun again. And we're like, man, that blur gun. Why do we have to have that blur gun so many times? Um, I don't mind the The uh, arm shield that is his double cannon and Blur's remold into Brainstorm has a lot of guns he has guns on his wingtips he has two guns that are like small machine guns on the back of his nose cone and the front he has like these huge huge cannons that would normally disconnect as far as G1 but still it looks really cool and them turning that into a shield as far as his nose cone doesn't bother me it looks okay and the colors are spot on so uh i don't really understand if people don't like this version of brainstorm i, th- I think it's actually a big step above the voyager version because that headmaster didn't work so good and it was also kind of back heavy and also a voyager and if you are like me i like my characters to be in scale with their compatriots and when you have this giant brainstorm behind your three headmaster partners kind of looks a little bit weird um finally we have chrome Dome. Chronome has got a lot of love because he has gotten a lot of character development. He's a memnosurgeon, he could put his tentacles in your head, and he feels guilty about it, too, because he did it sometimes under duress and didn't want to do that. That is, that is what you call character development. Mind your own business. You won't understand how I feel. Just let me go. Let me go.
0: Chrome,
1: don't stop it. Just stay there. Don't Pull stop down.
0: me. Go away. Hey. Oh, Let man. me go. Leave me alone. Down.
1: The reason I bring up the IDW version is this is an IDW head. Totally and perfectly done. It looks like chrome dome from IDW. Does not look like the G1 head as much at all. But I'm not mad about it. I mean, like there's there's certain points where I like hard head, but I I love the chrome dome and IDW. And his car mode looks just like the g one figure, so it's a very perfect melding. Just like Hardhead, though, he has two guns, and one, again, is that blur gun. I really hate that blur gun just being everywhere. And the other one is kind of a weird sit-down rifle, as all the Type Masters have, because the Type Masters have to have these base guns that they can put on bases. I would have just preferred two identical guns that you could put on his roof, and be done with it but you know marketing it is is how it is that being set aside he's the only one who actually has his headmaster with the right name stylor he is still stylor s-t-y-l-o-r stylor so that's kind of cool at the same time chronom is a really good figure he's been he's going to be like probably the uh, most remolded one recolored he's already been turned into breakaway slash getaway. terrible recolor good idea, terrible recolor, it just, it's just a white guy, it's like, totally white, and that I don't approve of, but the Chromedo figure is amazing, I, I really enjoy how he looks, and I enjoy that IDW, uh, reference to the fact that he is popular, you know, he's, he's a cool guy, and, We like reading about him, so give fans what they want. And that's where I come to Titan Masters as a whole. They are what you want out of a toy line. They have a lot of that cartoon aesthetic, but they also have that comic aesthetic. And I think that's the best way to reach across borders and, like, pull in fans from all eras. It's like, we have this guy who you like, we have this guy who you like. And for fans like me who are not... Against change, we have everything. I, I, I really love the four Autobot Headmasters. And uh, one of the things I was going to bring up is how this is all about history. Because in the original cartoon, there was Rebirth, which introduced the Headmasters. It was a multi part episode, and Chrome Dome, Brainstorm, Hardhead, and Highbrow didn't really get a lot to do, they were just kind of there unfortunate yeah pretty much and in japan we had headmasters a full series chrome was kind of like the sub leader of the four autobot headmasters him eyebrow hardhead and brainstorm so we had that we had like that like kind of sub team and they did kind of crazy wacky japanese superpowers like the friendship windmill and all that stuff. Headmasters is kind of weird, I'm not going to lie. And that brought apart, you know, Master Force and, and you know, Victory and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of cool that we have these characters in our Western Hemisphere that have actually played a bigger part in Transformers history than we ever knew. And I know a lot of uh, people actually really like the Headmasters, that they actually were cool toys, they were, they were huge, they were, they were bulky and blocky. And then now... You know, 30 years later, we could have more articulated, more fun versions of them that have this kind of fun throwback feel to them, but also have had updated looks and, you know, a little bit of style pushed on them that it's not too much, not to where you're like, oh, that's not my, that's not my Chrome Dome. The Titan Masters, I think, have really done a good job on this, uh, idea of what Headmasters could be, and Hasbro's done a really great job of, like, throwing out some really cool toys in the last six months, so, um, I want to talk about the four Autobot Headmasters, they have a lot of history, they have a lot of lore, and I'm, I'm really happy that they got really good figure representations this time around, so, if you have a chance, pick them up, and definitely figure that. Figure Pickle that!
2: this was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think, I mean, this pretty much, you know, concludes our whole trilogy of, of discussing Transformers versus GI Joe. I I hope that everyone listening has gotten a kick out of the, the three podcasts. And of course, like, like we mentioned, if, if, you know, if, if you haven't listened to the previous ones, it's going to be episode 13 and 22 of our, Fan Holes, Transformers Tuesdays, if you want to listen to the previous ones and go back. And, of course, we, if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, uh, we can be reached at FanHolesPodcast at gmail.com. We, of course, appreciate all the likes and feedback we get on all the various social medias. We are on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. And we are on iTunes. So, of course, we appreciate all the reviews on there. And I think that kind of wraps things up. So, until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off.
0: Hey, it's mike and black hole heart get me the hell out of here
2: yeah, hopefully not till
0: yeah the, till no, the, not to the...
2: pony land
0: probably send me to like a hellcat comment <laughs> be like patsy walker no